podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show we're returning once again to our ever ongoing at the end though paul of our series two retrospective we're nearly there we're nearly yes. there unfortunately we've got massive hurdle uh, to jump over because this week we are covering fear her and yes. and well we might so i'm going to say so um, but you can find out what we think about that later on but first uh, as we've been away for a uh, for a few weeks, we've got a little bit of news to catch up on, haven't we? Yes. Have indeed. Now, obviously, the big announcement since we've uh, been off air, which has just recently happened, actually, is the new companion for Series 10 has finally been revealed during Match of the Day, of all things. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, which we'll come on to in a minute. Um, basically, the actress is Pearl Mackey, and we've found out her companion's name is Bill. And we yes. had, And we had a nice little uh, two-minute trailer. To go by, didn't we? Which yet again seemed to split fandom straight down the middle, didn't it? And what I just thought it was quite a nice thing to do was to actually give her a trailer rather than just a bit to you know interview to camera sort of thing. Mm, it was certainly different. It was certainly yeah. different. Um, I, I did have a feeling that Gary Lineker would introduce it, and he did. Yeah. Uh, so I'll prove right on that one. Um, and the fact that nobody really knows her. Meant it was pointless having a program dedicated to who's the new companion because everyone at the end of it would still be going who who yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so well that's so, a, she was a bit of a, a sort of a, a um late to the to the race because the front runner was um Raki uh, Thakra from uh, EastEnders um yeah. she was she was like in in the lead or the fave hot favourite to be the new companion um, which I wouldn't have minded actually uh, but um that sort of left left the field Pearl Mackey come, comes in and. Um, yeah, it certainly seems interesting. I mean, you can't sort of figure out much from a two-minute, um, no. a two-minute promo. Um, though it hasn't stopped some people. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, mean, I was so tempted just to tweet, "Right, that's it. I'm not watching again." <laughs> well, we, we've, we've. I mean, I thought people might actually think I'm serious, and then like, I know exactly. And then they all don't, sudden, don't want to get into uh, Paul from the Who's podcast is on our side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, don't want to try to get into explaining that. You know, I was only joking. And... All of a sudden, you're you're. <laughs> I'm now. I'm now the you're leading. The, you're the leading voice of the no camp. Yeah. <laughs> no, it hasn't stopped some people <laughs> no, talking. Boris um... Johnson. Oh no. <laughs> oh dear. Well, it hasn't stopped people talking a lot of guff about it. Really, but you know, saying oh, it's awfully acted, uh, awful writing. Um, even some people going on about a uh, colour again. I mean, this is just absolute yeah. nonsense. It really is um, on on all counts. To be honest, um, it just sort of piqued, piqued her interest. I, I, I think she's. I mean, another thing people complain about is that oh, it's another person from the you know from modern day times. Blah blah blah. Um, I personally think she's from the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I think she's going to be from at least eighties or nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's what I think. So, but hey, could be wrong. But- it's nice to guess anyway. But the companion really has always been there to be the viewer, hasn't it? To take the place of the viewer. So mm. the person the viewer can identify with and supposed to be to ask the questions the viewer wants asked. Yes. So for, for that person to be representative of the viewer isn't 
that surprising, really, is Not it? Not really, no, no. I mean, another I mean thing... if, if you go back, if you have somebody from too far back in history or whatever, then all the questions are, are what's a light bulb? What's yes, a... <laughs> indeed. What is this thing called electricity, Doctor? Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've had a couple of, you know, we've had a few of those over the years. And well, we have. Fair enough, but... Yeah, fire. So what, is, what is fire? fire. <laughs> there's only so much you can you can do with that companion. I'd have thought, really. Exactly. Spe- especially so. now you're in a in a, in an era of forty five minute episodes. Mm. Where over four episodes, you could have a bit of um, explaining the very obvious and twentieth century. But in a forty-five minute episode, you 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 don't really need that sort of exposition going on as well. No, you don't. You certainly don't. You certainly don't. Um, I, I know. I mean, I I put a, a few comments up about uh, you know it was shown in during halftime and match of the day, um, which I didn't think was a, an obvious place to put it. Um, mm. It seems to have that also seems to, that having an opinion like that also seems to have rattled a few cages as well, saying you know uh, people are complaining it's on. I, I wasn't complaining. I just thought it was a bit weird. No, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the person who, who got it right, who sort of explained it the best, was the one saying about it's just like the entertainment halftime in the Super, Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. That's all it was. It was probably BBC's going to be highest figures for that day. Yeah. Um, that was the place. Then also to boost it, I mean, that probably takes match of the day, could take match of the day nicely up in, up the charts as well. Well, it might do. You never know. You never so know. So it gives them a double bonus on that. But... Um... But if if you sort of um, include the little documentary about Graham Taylor's um, FA Cup win whilst he's in charge of Watford as halftime entertainment, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like that fact that somebody put the picture picture up of the of Graham Taylor being interviewed when it said Graham Taylor and goes, "Well, there's a surprise." <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, you know, it, it, it's. I think it was. It was a nice thing to to do. Um, certainly different. Yeah. Um, it was cer- and, certainly and, more than and, an and, announcement. And I suppose wasn't it, you'd so. say it was on at the, the the target audience time for Doctor Who. Yes, I suppose it was. It was just. It just seemed odd at the time for match of the day. That was all really. So, but there you go. It, it's it's done. It's out there. I don't. Know. I don't know. Traditionally, final score Doctor Who doesn't seem to be that well, far of a stretch. Well. Part of it used to follow final score, not actually yeah, be part of it. Not in the middle. Not Frank, Bo- Frank Boff introducing this week's episode of Doctor Who. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, God knows what he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's up his nose? Anyway, um... <laughs> anyway, so I mean, hopefully we'll find a bit more. <laughs> well, he's got up the nose of quite a few. People. <laughs> yes, he did indeed. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, obviously we'll find out, um, hopefully find out a little bit more what's going on because uh, filming starts uh, next month, actually, yeah. um, on Series 10. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more actual news um, about Series 10 to discuss. But it was actually good to have actually something to do with Series 10 and Doctor Who to discuss yeah. for a change. It really was. It really was. Now, um, talking of casting news, whilst we've been, um, whilst we've been away... Uh, the class a cast has been announced. Now, for those of you who remember, the class is this Doctor Who spin-off, uh, which is going to be shown on the new online BBC Three. Yes. Um, now, again, not no no one I've actually seen before. Um, the, the actors' names or actresses' names, what you call them, are Greg Austin, Fadi uh, Elsiad, Sophie Hopkins, and Vivian Opara, and also joined by Catherine Kelly. Um, it was also uh, recently seen in Mr. Selfridge on ITV. Um, 
And only, only yes. one of them less than their mid-twenties. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. The only thing that... Um, I, I, it I, is I'm a bit please, sir, in the age group. It is a bit, isn't it? I, I'm still a little bit... Okay, I haven't seen a single bit of footage yet, but the jury's still out for me, I'm afraid, because there's one thing... Um, <laughs> no, 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 it, there's, no yeah, there's, there's, there's one description here from Stephen Moffat, and it just sets off my alarm bells. It says, class is dark and sexy, and right now I've always wondered what, if there could be a British Buffy. Um, that worries me. For some reason, I don't know why. It just it just set my alarm bells off. It, it, it like it's trying to be another Torchwood, and that's where Torchwood tried it fell over because it tried to be you know sexy and dark, and it just come off as childish basically. So don't know. Well, I don't know because this is, this is obviously they might meet his target audience a bit better then. Well, this is the thing. What's, what I like to know what audience it's going for then if it's going to be dark and sexy. Yeah, yeah. What what audience are you trying to go for here? Hmm. I don't know. Grange Hill? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you always wondered about that sausage in the titles, didn't you? <laughs> and the surprised look at the kid's face as it, sailed, as it hoved into view. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, I, well, I think we, we will be covering this this year in the absence of Doctor Who, won't we? <laughs> in, in the absence of anything else we can find. Exactly. So I think we will actually be covering class, and I, and I think just for that period, we're going back to weekly podcasts again, Paul. Possibly, yes. possibly, we'll see. Or <laughs> well, not, as the case may be. Well, we're not even sure how, how it's going to be how it's going to be released. If it's if it's on BBC Three's online, are they going to do like a, a you know release it as like a box set, like Netflix does with Daredevil and things like that, or is it going to be a weekly thing? I mean, I, I would I, I I suspect knowing the BBC, it'd just be your new episode is available this week. Yeah, probably. I don't think the BBC are quite into well, as it's online, giving you everything. And, no, uh, I don't. Well, as it's online, it'll be streaming online for us to watch, Paul. Maybe we could do a live commentaries while we watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe that may be the way forward. Maybe it might be. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go with this. Anyway, um, now, there's no Doctor Who on, obviously, at the moment. There's no class or anything like that. But did you think we'd get away without any stats? Did you seriously think we'd get away in this action? Because the Series 9 full life plus seven figures have been released. This is old news to a lot of people. We're catching up on a lot of, a lot of crap here. Um. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we definitely are. <laughs> right, um, okay. Now, the life plus seven um, figures, it, it hasn't drastically changed the viewing figures up too much, has it? No. To be honest, um, I'm not going to go for every single one, but it seems to average. Oh, sure. No, no, God, I'll, no. I'll go and have a lay down. <laughs> I, I, I owe it to myself not to do this, actually, but um, they seem to average it out around about the six, six and a half million mark, don't they? Yeah. yeah with, with everything chucked in, in together, um, which is fine. You know, it's still six million or oh, six and a half million people watching Doctor Who. It's, it's nothing to, to sniff out by any shot, you know? No. So, yeah. Um, that's what we're going to say on that, really. Again, it's, 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 it's the boff factor, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth sniffing at? Uh... <laughs> he certainly thought it was. <laughs> oh, dear. Now... Yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, so that that's all there is on on, on that. Anyway. It's there if you want to find it. I it's out there. Yeah, exactly. It is out there. Um, but it does say one thing though. Overall, the the total life plus seven ratings are down by around one point five million. So, yeah, I, I just think Capaldi's just 
a bit of a Marmite doctor for a lot of people. Yeah, and I just I also and think the timing's been over the shop as yeah, well, isn't it? Ti- timing has yeah. not been great for it, has it? In terms of of what, when they was putting it out, I'm not quite sure whether they lost sight of who their audience is. Mm. Talking about class and who's that? Who's the audience for that? I think somewhere the BBC are starting to get a bit confused as to who's the audience for Doctor Who. I think so. I think so. Well, let's hope they'll get it right next year. That's all I can say. Now, and be on when we get back from the pub. Yes. <laughs> Ah, oh dear, those are the days. Um, anyway, now unfortunately, whilst we've whilst we've been off air, um, we've we've had quite a few. Well, sort of. I think this year actually has actually been shocking for the amount of um, celebrity deaths, uh, really. And um, but we've had unfortunately one sort of direct Doctor Who related um, person passing away. Reg Whitehead uh, died at the age of eighty three um, back in the, at the beginning of this month. Actually, now. Um, those who don't know who Reg Whitehead is, he's actually played quite an important part in the history of Doctor Who because he played the first Cyberman to be seen on screen. Um, he also played some in the Moon Base and Tomb of the Cybermen as well. There's also a Yeti in their debut story, The Abominable Snowmen. So he's, he's sort of like uh, the man behind the mask sort of thing, isn't he? Yeah. Or wasn't he, I should say. But these have been things like Zed Cars, Power Game, The Avengers, The Saint and Counter-Strike. I don't know what that one is, actually. Oh, that's, yeah. Did he have to dress up for that? Do we think? Mate, I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what it is actually. Um, but it says here in later life, who's an enthusiastic uh, racehorse owner? Yeah. Ah, so, but very sad. That was sort of that's a sort of. A, a, I was going to say. So if he was in, if he was in any in the Ibrahim Snowman with Fraser Hines, I suspect that's a friendship that would have stayed then. I think so. Actually, yes. <laughs> Oh, now, um, now, a couple for for us uh, in particular in the UK, um, there's a, there's a couple of sort of big celebrity we, we've lost in, in the last few weeks. Um, the one I haven't got as a news item here actually, she's not related to, to Doctor anyway, but Victoria Wood, um, an absolute icon in the UK for like for for UK comedy. Um, I mean, shockingly passed away. We didn't know she was ill, um, but then unfortunately that another. Massive icon of British comedy, um, past which Ronnie Corbett, yeah. Um, now actually, that there is sort of like a, a couple of tenuous links to Doctor Who, um, actually, with Ronnie Corbett because he, um, it says here he inherited, um, I should, I should have looked this up actually. I've got the two Ronnie's box set. Um, apparently, he, um, sort of played the doctor, um, in the 1983 Two Ronnie's Christmas special, he inherited a TARDIS, right, or something. Um, and then he also played in a, in a current relief um, um, segment uh, for the Sarah Jane Adventures. He played an ambassador that turned out to be a Slovene. That was in a 2009 current relief segment, um, which I'm not going to pronounce. It's the Slovene home plant, which I cannot pronounce. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, a, a, a massive, massive loss. I mean, he was 85, um, and he was it was he suffering from motor neuron disease, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, massive, massive shock um, to, to see him go. And unfortunately, another sci-fi and a really good actor as well, Gareth Thomas, um, died at the age of 71. And I know if, most of you should know Gareth Thomas as, as Blake from Blake 7, um, which, again, another shock, really. 71 yeah. is no age. It is no age, really. Um, but not only that, obviously, you remember he was in an episode of Torchwood as well, wasn't he? 
Yes. So yeah, um, slightly more connected. Yeah, no, but I think Blake Seven was pretty much also part of our growing up, wasn't it? It was. It was yes, it was. Um, and also um, one of the most creepy children's TV series with Children of the Stones. Stones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I really must look up again just to see if I still find it as creepy as I did um, back back you know back in the day. Was it nineteen seventy seven? That one came out. But, um, Radio Four Extra, or recently did a, or Radio Four, one of them did a thing looking at Children of the Stones. All right, okay. It may still be on iPlayer. Oh, I might have to look that up because it wasn't the the theme music. Everything was just utterly yeah. creepy. It really was. It really was. But again, I mean, the weird thing was, I was actually working my way through the last series of Blake Seven, and I'd got up to Blake. Yeah, and then he died, and I thought I can't really watch it at the moment. I don't. It doesn't feel. It didn't feel right, if you know what I mean, to watch it in that in that particular moment. Well, it's how he wanted to go. Wasn't it? it was. It was. He wanted to he wanted to finish the character off, but it just it didn't seem right at the time for some for some reason. I don't know. Maybe we've just been a bit bit silly, but I'll, I'll come back to it eventually. I'll come back to it eventually. I mean, I've heard people talking about the big finish stuff and saying. You know, because they really just they'd really just started taking on the Blake Seven thing, hadn't they? Exactly. Yeah. And saying, you know, what are they going to do now? And it's like, well, it's probably the same thing as BBC did back in like, the third series. Yes. They well, can just yeah. now re- they can just now reset it later during the third and fourth series, can't they? They could do I if suppose. they wanted to. Yeah. Um, apart from um, is it Gisette Simon doesn't want anything to do with it anymore, does she? No. She has, she hasn't re- sort of reprised her role as uh, Dana. But it's just a shame. But hey ho, hey ho. Now, um, just to round off the, the the news, very very quickly, Michelle Gomez has been nominated for a BAFTA um, in the supporting actress category uh, for a role as Missy in Doctor Who, uh, which I do find a bit surprising, actually, considering yes. uh, she's only in sort of two episodes of that series. Um, well, congratulations anyway. Um, the BAFTAs will take place on Sunday the 8th of May and be broadcast, say that again, broadcast, not broadcast, uh, broadcast live on BBC One. So, I mean, good, good luck to her anyway. I hope, hope she, I do hope she wins. I'd just like to see, you know, anyone to, you know, to, to Doctor Who winning, winning something at the BAFTAs. So, yeah, I mean, you say she's only in two series, but I think uh, other people like, like, Eleanor Worthington Cox for the Enfield Haunting. Mm. Well, that was only two or three episodes in itself, wasn't it? So it was, yeah. In terms of screen time, it's not as if there's somebody there that was particularly. She's up against people that was in particularly long running things. Or what a thing that, that I mean, that lasted for, for that Enfield Haunting lasted for three or four episodes. I, th- I think I did, yeah. I did watch it. It's, it was quite good. Um, but she was the supporting actress for that entire program. Yeah. Um, Michelle Gomez was supporting actress for two stories out of an entire series of 13. Yeah. That's what I find weird. I mean, if you're going to say... I suppose there isn't a supporting actress in Doctor Who, is there really? No. Because you've got a lead actor and a lead actress, haven't you? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I suppose that's as close as you're going to get, isn't it? Um, I think so, yeah. So, I mean, fingers crossed for her anyway. Fingers crossed. So, anyway, while we've been away... It's been stacking up in the corner, isn't it? It has. Let's get over. Let's get over to Amica's Tack Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Now, Paul, you've been um, sort of trawling the um, the internet for Tat, and you've sort of caught a few in your net, really, haven't you? I have. Well, 
It's yes. I think I'm trying to throw most of them back. I think you are. Now, not all of these are um, new. By I think they've been around. But they're new to us, aren't they? Yes, they are new to us. Now, um, you found a couple from um, a site called the Bradford Exchange. Yes. Yes. Oh. It, not, not, not one that I generally go to, I have to say. No, no, but obviously it's, it's, it's a cut above the rest. It's a certain sort of classier tat, isn't it, this one? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, first up then, we have a Doctor Who Time Vortex Mechanical Watch. Ooh, uh, it's a wristwatch, basically. Um, it's... Let's, let's, let's read through the the, 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 uh, the product details here. It says, Knowing the Doctor's fondness for mixing classical and high-tech, this watch combines Roman numerals and a TARDIS blue leather strap with a mechanical movement exposing the inner workings of the watch. Uh, the watch face also features a gold-plated time spiral, the mysterious time vortex, with a miniature TARDIS tumbling along it. On the rear of the case is engraved the name of the watch and the Time Lord symbol from Gallifrey. Hmm, okay. Yeah. If you want a Doctor Who watch, this is probably about the best one in terms of design that I've seen. Yes, I actually, I actually quite like the blue for the strap and the. It, yes, it's certainly it's certainly wind a bit. It's, it's, well. a, it's a little bit sort of gaudy for my tastes. I've, I've got to be honest. Yeah, um, no, I'd say that as well. But I'm, yeah. I'm just on the basis of a Doctor Who watch. Yes. Now, if if it you what if you want this watch, um, it will cost you one hundred and twenty nine pounds ninety five pence. Yes, that's, that's direct from the Bradford Exchange, uh, which. Isn't too bad, really, for a watch these days, to be no. honest. Especially something that's officially licensed as well. It's it's not that bad. It says it comes with a, comes with famous 120 day guarantee. I'm presuming that's 120 days. If you're not satisfied with it, you can send it back. Other than it's okay unless it breaks down on the 121st day. <laughs> Why is it famous? I don't know. Has it, because, has because it won a BAFTA? It's, it's because, well, I don't know. It's because, you know, people go, oh, bloody hell, it's the 121st day and it's broke. <laughs> That's like the 120 day guarantees. Yeah. It sort of springs out of the casing. Like, like... Oh, God. Right, okay. Now, the next up from the Bradford Exchange. Now, this there one was is... something else, though, on that one, though. It says. Oh, go on, go on. Sorry. Oh, this is. Oh. Production is dependent on total orders received and has yet to commence. Oh. There will be so... a waiting period to receive this product. New bit advised to order yours in advance as availability will be limited. Should production not go ahead, <laughs> we will notify you. <laughs> so basically what they're saying is if they don't get enough interest, screw you. Yes. You're I not getting your you're paying. You yeah. can pay now. And... Oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to keep your money. <laughs> and, and yeah, well, yeah, it just says we shall, we shall notify you. It doesn't say, yeah, we, we, we. doesn't say refund you exactly. You got to, you got to watch these things. You got to watch these things. <laughs> now, what if it says the same thing on our next item of tech from the Bradford Exchange? Because because I know I said sort of like the Bradford Exchange was doing like a higher quality of tech. It's already started to dip, isn't it? I, I'd have thought so. Right, this is a Doctor Who personalised sign. Um, I can't quite describe this to be honest. It looks like a <laughs> it looks like a pub sign. Really, um, and it's <laughs> that's, that's what I'd want it to be. I'd want it to be that big. I can put it outside the house. So basically, it's this it's this big plaque um, that <laughs> which is um, ten inches by fourteen inches, or, yes. or, or, or twenty five and a half centimeters by thirty five and a half centimeters. It's an eye catching fourteen. It is now basically it's it's got a picture of Peter Capaldi doing the um, the promo when they when they first uh, shown in his costume. 
and yeah. him sort of pointing at the uh, at the camera. It's that with a TARDIS behind him and the sort of um, watch cog clockwork stuff, like from, from the opening titles with like Daleks and and Davros and Zygons inside there as well. Um, and basically, it says from Gallifrey, and it'll say to the and whatever your name is. Yeah. Basically, so or two, whatever your name is. Um, it looks awful, actually. Um, and it does say, due to personalization, this edition may not be returned unless faulty. Yeah, how can a picture be faulty, really? I'd, um, <laughs> I don't know, I suppose I could have spelt your name wrong. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it says, um, it also the Bradford Exchange refer- reserves the right to refuse any personalization it does not deem appropriate. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> Damn, there goes my reasons to buy it. Oh, no. Well, I was going to send it to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wanker, so I'm, I'm assuming they're not going to let me do that now. <laughs> my good friends, the wankers. <laughs> words have automatically enlarged and spaced. <laughs> Perhaps uh, they could have got them to do the uh, site, the, the bit caption bits for the little intro introducing the new uh, companion, because <laughs> they might have got that enlarged and spaced properly. I don't know. Exactly. Oh, yeah, as Bill, wasn't it? So. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, this little piece of tat will set you back £79.96p. This is why I nearly didn't even bother saying about this, because I just thought, oh, that's that, that's just too gaudy and not, not good. And I thought to myself, let's just have a look at how much that costs. Oh, does it? I've got to mention that then. Yes. Oh, hang on, Paul. It comes with a certificate of authenticity. Mm. Now, if that doesn't sway it for you, nothing will. No, it won't, will it? No. Bollocks. Okay. That, yes, this, actually, this wooden sign. Wooden, it's wooden, hand carved. By... <laughs> wow! So, well, so this wooden sign that you're going to put outside. I know it does say in, indoor use only. Does it? It does oh, say right. indoor use only. So there you go. So um, it looked good above t- Tony's bar, wouldn't it? <laughs> it probably would. It looks like a pub sign. <laughs> yes. They won't let us put what we want to put in there. We know that. <laughs> yeah, we're back. They're, we're... Definitely, they're definitely not going to let us have that word. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. No. Oh, dear. We'll leave that one there, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, um, next item of tech. This one's on um, out of, available to buy from Amazon. This isn't actually available yet. It's the Doctor Who, the official cookbook, 40 wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey recipes. Uh, this will be available in hardcover from the 30th of August, and this will set you back £13.59 from um, Amazon.co.uk. It is also available on Amazon.com as well. Um, <coughs> yeah, it's basically like a load of um, little well, cake and biscuit things, it seems to be, really, doesn't it? Well, I don't know, though, because it, it does talk about Cyberman pie. Cassandra pizza. pizza. What's that, Finn and Crispy, I suppose? <laughs> hey! Uh, and the Supreme Dalek cake. But it's also got things like uh, Weeping Angel food cake, um, Oud rolls, salt and pepper sontarans, um, gingerbread taurus, and, and cookie doctors mm. as well. Um, I, I've got to be honest, this looks like something like, sort of like kids could get into, yeah. really, isn't it, really? Yeah, you can, you can see if you're trying to get your Doctor Who mad children into also like cooking, this would be something that would... Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be quite quite good actually. Um, I think it's got like forty, um, as I say, forty recipes in there, so that'll certainly keep keep you keep you busy. I think. Have you read the last paragraph? Um, what on on the uh, on the top note? It, what the illustrated with stills from the television show? 
No, I've just actually just, just looking at the previously available cookbook. Oh, right, okay. It was okay. there. There's obviously not this product, but pre- there's a previous Doctor Who cookbook. And that had for the adventurous, there's also the Barry Let's Mysterious Unnamed Dish from Venus. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't want to get that cookbook. I don't want this cookbook, this one. I don't That's want the official brilliant. one. That is brilliant. I'm the one that's got the Perry Let's dish. <laughs> oh my God! Where the hell do they get these things from? Oh my God, God! Oh dear, that's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's that's not showing on my page for some reason. All oh, right, yeah, no, oh, no, just just obviously there was there there was a there was a previous. Doctor Who cookbook before this one. <clears throat> that, that seems to be the one to get, to be honest, I have to say. Oh, God. Oh, that's fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. Oh, well, I think that, that as tech goes, that's not a bad one, really, is yeah. it? That's, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I can see that having a place in the family. Exactly, exactly. Now, our final item of tech. Now, um, for those of you who are absolutely um, scared witless of getting a tattoo... You can get one done on a ceramic mug now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, this is the Doctor Who Missy Tattoo Ceramic Mug. Multicolour, says here, actually. Now, I think this has been available for some time, but it's only just sort of caught our eye, really, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Basically, it is literally just a tattoo. Someone's designed a tattoo of Missy um, and stuck it on a mug. And that's it, really. Um, this is uh, worth £6.99. Free delivery, though. Oh, that's only it was in the UK over twenty pounds. So yes. I don't know what what it would be. Um, yes, okay. Doesn't actually give anything away with in terms of description or anything, does it? It just says it's a Doctor Who Missy tattoo ceramic mug. Comes with a presentation box. Uh, weighs approximately eleven ounces. Dishwasher and microwave safe. A great gift idea. Yeah. Yes. Um, that is it. Yeah, that is it. That is it. <laughs> Christ, that is. Um, I, th- I think I could live without that, to be honest. What yeah. about you? What about you, Paul? Do you think you could live yeah, without uh, that? No, yeah, uh, it, it's certainly not. I mean, e- even at only ten percent the cost of the. Well, actually, ten percent the cost of the, the the welcome signage thing. It's probably a better deal than than that is. But <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had to buy one or the other, I'd be buying the mug. To be I honest. think I yes. Possibly, possibly. I, I don't know. That that personalised sign is... Mm, it's doing, I don't know. I'm tempted. <laughs> I'm tempted now. I'm tempted. Yes, I am indeed. I just, I just want to see what I can get away with on the, on the, <laughs> on the dedication. I just feel I have to test the Bradford Exchange now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, everybody. Well, that's it for Tech Corner and that's it for the news. Uh, so coming up next is our long-awaited review of Fear Her. So for another week then, that was the news. Right then, everybody, it is our long-awaited review of Fear Her. A storm's approaching. Mary, Mary, King of the Bush is he. Love, kookaburra, love, kookaburra, your life must be. They're not safe. They're in the garden. Get them in, I'm begging you. In the last six days, three of your children have been stolen. We need to find the source of that power. These, they're kids' pictures. Now get out. Chloe has a power. 
she's using it to snatch the kids. Get out. If living things can become drawings, then maybe drawings can become living things. I'm coming. I can't. I'm coming. I can't. Chloe. Chloe, I'm coming to hurt you. And I have the dubious honour of kicking this uh, this review off, don't I? It's really kicking this out. <clears throat> kicking it, kicking it right out, kicking it right out, straight up the jacksy, straight down the street. To be honest, and never darken my doorstep again. Well, that's my review, everybody. I take it your appreciation <laughs> index of this was an eighty. <laughs> well, it certainly wasn't exciting in you, Paul. Put it that way. It certainly wasn't. No, um, this I was. After we reviewed uh, um, Love and Monsters, yeah, which surprised the, the hell out of both of us because we both enjoyed that, and that's one that a lot of fandom uh, didn't enjoy, and I didn't enjoy it at the time. I certainly didn't enjoy Fear Her at the time either, uh, along with the rest of fandom. And I thought, well, it's been a, quite a while since I've watched it, years, in fact. Uh, let's see if time's been kind to it. And it hasn't for me, I'm afraid. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I still think it is... Personally, I think it's a wasted opportunity because I think there is a good story lurking under there somewhere. Yeah. It's just the execution was just, a, it, I just find it terrible. It's awful. And you're going to counter that now, aren't you? Um, I, I didn't dislike it as much as I, I thought I would. I don't know whether that's, I don't know if that means this is the last ever episode or not. <laughs> this is the, yeah, I threatened I was, the... I, was, I was warned before we started this that if I like this episode, that was it, we was finished. <laughs> <laughs> this would now officially be the last episode of the Newsy Podcast. Um, it you're, wasn't you're... actually as bad as I remembered it. I really didn't. I really was not wanting to watch this episode. No, I certainly I put it off for as long as I could, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. The, the biggest thing indicator of how what, what's wrong with this episode is yeah, yeah, is the girl that plays Chloe Webber is by far the best actor in this. Do you reckon? I thought so. Oh dear, I, I don't think she was served very well. I don't think I don't really think she's to blame. I just think that the, the script is pants. I, I don't think the direction was up to much either. Um, it's, it's like the whole thing when she's talking with the alien's voice. All they've got to do is whisper. The, yeah. They did put a little bit of treatment on the voice, but not enough. And it just wasn't very good. Just getting someone to whisper at you, it, it was, it was. I don't know, it, it just didn't work for me at all. I mean, this was the <clears> cheap <throat> episode, wasn't oh, it? The, the yes. really cheap episode. Oh, was, God, he, was, it, it he was told he could have no effects whatsoever. Which is ridiculous, really. I know they were saving yeah. up for the big finale and everything, but um, yeah, I, I just said every, everybody was like poorly, poorly served, and it's a shame, really, because the um, the actress who played Clay Webb, I'm, I'm on the the uh, Wikipedia page. Um, I'm not going to pronounce the name right. Um, it was Abisola Agbaji. Um, there's no link on her name. Her, her name's not hyperlinked to anything else. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming she never acted again. Sort of like a bit like the you know the Jake Lloyd of Doctor Who, it, it, you know it's um it's a shame really. Did she sort of come out of a sort of school play or something? I to, think so. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it just this. Yeah. Um, now it says on Wikipedia this was a, a low budget replacement for a script by Stephen Fry that had been pushed back. I don't know if that's true or not. There, there's lots of rumours about Stephen Fry episode or was supposed to be, wasn't there? So yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, this was written by Matthew Graham and directed by Euroslin. Now, Euroslin's actually got quite a good um, track record on Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, and he's now directing stuff like Daredevil and, and Jessica Jones and things like that. So he's he certainly moved on up, you know, up in the world, um, especially in, sort of in, in the United States. Um, uh, and Matthew Graham's track record is, is pretty good in terms of... Well, yeah, I mean, th- I mean he's written stuff. for I mean, um, Spooks, Hustle, um, and... Or you, this life is something you watched, and in particular, yeah. um, um, oh, what's it called? Like, um, was it Life on Mars? And that, yeah. what was it? Or was it Ashes to Ashes? He did. I think it was both. I think he had a hand in. I can't remember actually. I, I, I know he certainly did Ashes to Ashes, but I can't remember if he actually did um, Life on Mars as well. Honestly, don't know. But um, anyway, which again, which was excellent, but. Maybe some because he also wrote the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People. Yeah, for Doctor Who as well, which again wasn't that great, was it? Yeah, he also did Internal Law. Did you ever see any of that? No, I didn't. No, you no. Didn't miss anything. Did you see? Did you see Childhood's End? I didn't. No, I watched a bit of it, and the says they just buggered the book about. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so they cut a lot of characters out. He wrote that as well. Um, again, right. which wasn't successful for me, to be honest. But there you go, there you go. So some people just can't write sci-fi. Yeah, you know it's, it's you know it doesn't. Or, or at least, yeah, don't seem to. Now again, you need... don't know how much RTD had a hand in in the Fear Her script. Do you know how much he doctored it and tinkered around? Because he did do that a lot, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, and pretty much from the interview he gave on this was basically that he he was he was directed a lot. If if not. If not done after the event, was directed a lot in terms of what he could do and what mm. he couldn't do. Yeah, where it should go and whatever. Like the whole thing with the Olympics was thrust upon him. Oh, the, that, that the drawing that... side of it was thrust upon him. Now, do you know what though? I think that the drawing, as I was saying, there's there's some good ideas in yeah. there. I mean, the whole drawing thing is very very um, sort of saffron steel. Yeah, I was actually thinking this, this, if this had been a Sapphire and Steel story, this could have been a really spooky story. It could have the been. The pro- yeah. problem I think is it, it's it's a really spooky idea that's been tried to make very safe for children. Yes, and in is. doing so, it, it's sort of fallen between two stools, so to speak. Yeah, I mean I mean the the bit the, the pre credits sequence when um Chloe draws that, that um the kid in the Union Jack T shirt. Yeah. And you see the, the, the drawing that screaming towards the the camera. Again, that's quite a good cold open. Yeah. Really. As as far as sort of like the pre credits sort of sting is, it's quite good. Um and in fact they also wanted the all the pictures that are up on the wall. Mm. Their idea was that what he wanted was to actually have all the eyes to follow you around the room. That's a great idea. But they didn't have the money to do it. I know. It, it's such a shame. It's such a shame. Um, so, so there are bits of it that you wonder, you know, is just, was he too, was it too strapped by having um, the lack of cash? And as was pointed out to him, when they had to point out to him that his monster was going to be a wardrobe. <laughs> Well, the thing is that again, the drawing of the dad in the cupboard, again, yeah. it, again, it's it's a good idea. It could, if done right, it could be quite effective. But it wasn't. No, it was just squandered. It really was. I mean, there's a lot of good ideas squandered. I mean, again, like the, the whole thing with the scribble monster. It's it's a quite a, a surreal idea. The way it just sort of bursts out and sort of attacks Rose. 
Um, but again, then it's it's not. Once the doctor neutralises it with his sonic screwdriver, that's it. That that threat's gone. I mean, it, there was it, no it's real... just it's just there to set the um, the idea for later that the drawing of the dad could come to life, wasn't it? That it wasn't just that she could take living things and turn them into drawings. Mm, yeah, that drawings could be turned into living things. But again, because of no, I can't, you don't necessarily have to see. You just saw like the shadow mm. of, of the dad. But again, it might have been nice just to see that animated a little bit inside the cupboard. Yeah, before it came out, you didn't have to see it, you know, wandering about. Um, but yeah, it well, just... I mean, oh, I don't know. I mean, it, to be honest, some I think some of the ideas in this needed time. Yes, they need it needed to be able to build up suspense, and in a forty-five minute episode like this, there wasn't going to be time. I mean, as you were saying about Sapphire and Steel, yeah, if you'd had six episodes, yeah, to to, to string it out over. And you know to have these eerie times and whatever it may well have worked. I think it just was the fact that it needed to really work on the suspense side, and it didn't. No, it didn't. There, there was nothing. There was no suspense. Not for me, anyway. There was no suspense whatsoever. And even when there was supposed to be, like the bit when the dad comes out of the cupboard, um, yeah. it was done so and dealt with so quickly. You didn't have any sort of the threat. Didn't have sort of time to sort of take hold of anything. No, you know. So I mean, it's I mean completely you just devoid of threat. You know. Basically, the only bit at which there is a, a feeling of oh, what's going to happen now is when the doctor gets taken. Mm. Other than that, I mean, there's nothing really. I mean, because they don't have time to focus on what's happening to the the parents of the kids that have gone. Mm. There's no ramifications to that, you know. Well, it, it's it, just it, something that's happening. Well, I, I, I've got loads of like niggly little things about this. I think this is the whole the whole problem. It, it just seems to be. I mean, as, as we said, there was a lot of, as you said, there's a lot of ideas thrust upon this, and, and they didn't work, or just weren't thought through very well. I mean, it's like the beginning. Um, I think by that point, a number of children have already gone missing from this street. Yeah. So you've got kids playing outside. Um, and then nobody seems to take any bit of notice of sort of like, you know, sort of who, who's about or anything. Um, so you've got kids playing football in the in the front garden on the smallest patch of grass they can find and also put a, a, a goal on there as well. Um, and also with no fence or wall to stop the kids running into oncoming traffic and uh, oncoming traffic to get their ball back. So... I thought, why are they playing in the back garden with this? <laughs> why are they kicking their head in a tiny little well, patch mean, of grass? You know, I suppose the argument to that might be is the fact that the dad's out there, so he's feeling that's probably safer that they're with him on that patch of grass while he's there than perhaps in the back garden while he's in the front. Well, you just well, if there'd been kids missing, you wouldn't let them play outside full stop, would you? If it all if it all happened in that street. Yeah, but there'd be such an element of um, paranoia, you would have thought, that no kids would be outside playing full stop. The no. parents would want to keep no, them safe then, indoors. So I nearly did that, see, that thing. I really hate so speaking as a parent. <laughs> I really hate it when people do that. <laughs> not speaking as a parent. That's why I care. It's <laughs> <I> <laughs> obviously why it bother me. Yeah, kids, what the hell? <laughs> Little sods playing the street, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and 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 um, um, I also think another in the, in the long line of uh, RTDs, or I might be the first actually in the long line of RTDs, psychic pensioners <laughs> with with their, their, their head in the door, um, sort of like sensing there's something evil in the road, you know. So um, yeah, he, he loved a, he loved a psychic pensioner, didn't he? What if that was thrust upon Matthew Graham as well? I suspect so. But yeah, <laughs> it's just because that yeah that obviously she was there to to explain what had happened and it just sort of the whole point the, the one time where you sort of do get the parents angry mm. didn't work at all because you hadn't been in, you did, you had no introduction to them no you didn't know who um, they were accusing or... the council person of you know it's obviously since you've been here or whatever yeah i mean were, were been, they were they parents of the missing kids or or what what was it I mean, you yeah. presume they were, but it just sort of just uh, it just didn't work no. at all. It needed it needed more it needed more depth into the suspense of the kids going. Yes, it did. So then, it just seems to be glossed over. To, to then work way, to work it? to work as a thriller, yeah, yeah. And it and it's not going to. It had to work as a, a as something that is very what's in the darkness sort of thing, mm. rather than. Rather than as a straightforward, there's a monster science fiction thing. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't. No, it didn't. It didn't, it didn't have enough time, in, and I don't know whether there was some other way they could have written it to have given it enough time. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Actually, uh, that's not getting. I mean, but actually, I, mean, I to be honest, I can sort of watch it, and I didn't mind it right up until we get to the Olympic flame. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now. Um... Before we get and to the before, it before just we, got it got really bad, didn't it? If it was bad before, it got really it just, bad at this point. Yeah, um, it, just, it just I it then it then got really bad as in the whole of what what could be the worst stuff of RTD, mm-hmm. and also of what could be the worst things of the Tenth Doctor. Yeah, th- this was it actually, wasn't it? This really was it. Um, I I again I found the Tenth Doctor and Rose insufferable in this one. Um, the only thing I've forgotten yeah. about this was the little mention of, of the Doctor telling Rose, um, "I was a dad once." Yeah, and it just sort of left, and she was you know, a look of shock on her face because she was being unbearably smug in this one. I know we keep so I keep saying this every time we do one of these reviews; it's building to the finale of, of the two yeah. of them being split up. Um, but again, like Rose, because the Doctor didn't come back, um, and she, oh, I need him, um, and not sort of like I need him. To solve this, I just she's just because she's a possessive, yeah, so and so. But I can't think of a word to describe her. Uh, but um, yeah, it just it's just the, the ultra jealous possessive Rose again. That that's how I viewed it. And I, I know there's a lot of um, Rose fans out there will think differently, obviously. But um, but yeah, I mean, then as you say, you got the um, the Olympics bit, and I actually no, another bit as well. Feel the love as she lets. Yeah, that's, that's what go. I mean. Yeah, the whole ending was very RT. Oh, feel the love, and then L- love is the thing that can save everybody. Oh, yeah, again, everything's saved with love. It's oh god, I hate it. Um, and Hugh Edwards, I was going to say, and then that wasn't helped either. I mean, apparently the whole actual doing the Olympic Stadium and all that is is solely Matthew Graham. Is it really? Yeah, and and the Olympic torch and all that. And oh the god, Doctor Light in the torch is all. Well, was oh, once the idea of it being set in 2012 Olympics? It was just that was just meant to be the backdrop and to set, give it a time. 
Well, what, why? Why did, the, why did the, 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 the original torchbearer collapse? Was there a reason? I can't remember if there was a reason um, for yes, it. Yes, it, it was when the the torch sort of the thing landed in it. The little spacecraft landed in the torch. It sort of did a little flash and whatever. So whether that was some sort of um, I don't know. Why did no one? Why, why did no one else in the in, you know along the the parade route collapse as well? That's what I I, it, probably because he was holding the torch at the time. Perhaps it went down the torch and into him through that way. I don't oh, know. don't make excuses for this bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> you asked me to. Try it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, 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 I just, I just, I am now but, gonna. The person who's come off worse from this, though, I think, is Hugh Edwards. Well, I, I was going to say... That was some of the worst. <laughs> excuse this, Paul. Try and excuse this one, actually. When the guy fell over, it's Hugh Edwards' line. The Olympic dream is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I must admit there's, there's a bit of... How much did you really want to be in this if he was going to be given those sort of lines? Now, the thing is, really, if this thing needed this flame, what, what, why the Olympic flame? Could any old flame have done? No, because the Olympic flame symbolised hope. And... Did it? Does it really? <laughs> it does. I just thought it. I just thought it symbolised um, <laughs> Coke and Coke and McDonald's trying to sponsor it. That's what <laughs> I thought. The taxpayers' money going out the window. <laughs> oh God, it's it's absolute. And I'll oh, tell it's you, crap. What, it's crap. That, I'm sorry. That, it is that Olympic stadium <clears throat> they used in this. Yeah, it would have cost a hell of a lot less to convert than the one they've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I, I honestly don't think anybody comes out of this well. To be honest, no, I really don't. I, I think it is it is a um, a stain on the character of Doctor Who. <laughs> <Doctor. laughs> <laughs> I, re- I, I I was really hoping I was going to be I was going to be sort of proven wrong. So I went into this with with the with my previous thoughts on this and unfortunately it hasn't changed i just thought it was just it was just awful nothing about this works it's just a mishmash of ideas and the other thing as well if the olympic torch are going to pass down the bottom of this street where they've got this big banner up and you're assuming that's where it's going to go past why are they bothering to fill in all the potholes if no one's going to see it and i always said they wanted everything to be you know absolutely spot on and you know yeah, looking, you looking really good. it was going to be that street but it was it was a cul-de-sac yeah so no one's going to run down the bloody thing with the torch. It was going to run down the bottom of the street, past it. So why bother with the potholes? No. As I say, it just, it just seemed a mishmash of ideas. Just chucked in and, and just see if it stuck. And it didn't. <laughs> it didn't, unfortunately. It's like a... Oh, yeah, because that was all just those... Because the, t- the hot tarmac that had been laid with love, wasn't it? <laughs> By the council worker, of course, been keeping it, keeping it alive. Every every council worker retarmacks the road with love, don't they? But but that's what he was, wasn't it? That's what he was giving it. It was it was the pride in his work that was the. I'm sorry, I've never seen any council worker taking pride in their. I'm sorry, I haven't. Not where I live, anyway. <laughs> I'm sure I'm doing the sort of them all a vast disservice. Yes, I yes, think you are. There, I think I, think. I am there actually, but. No, no, I've never seen a single person laying a bit of tarmac and then checking just how level it is afterwards. You have to see out what they do with the, with the speed dumps around here. Some are nicely domed, some are <laughs> like driving over boxes. Level, you know. That's the point of them. You are, sorry? So they're not meant to be level, that's the point of them. <laughs> well, no, there's no pride taking them, because they say some are nice, some are nice that you get a nice rise and fall over when you're driving your car. 
And the others just sort of like dropped. Some of them, some of them waddled on a tobler, right? Exactly. They're trying to have a concrete block half of them. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yes. Um. So I'm, so unfortunately, this gets a thumbs down from me. I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, I, as as much as it's not as bad as I remember, I mean, and I, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't come away, didn't come away um, mentally scarred from watching it anyway. No, no. Was the Doctor Who dream dead for you, Paul? Yes, never <laughs> again. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, should should we leave that there? I, I don't. Really... <laughs> no, no, no. Can we just take it somewhere and leave it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I fear if I could turn it any longer, it might just detect, descend into lots of swearing, actually, <laughs> and, and there won't be any sort of cohesion to it either. <laughs> just, just random swear words. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay then. Right now, um, coming up next on the Lucy podcast, I think. Now, we're not t- quite sure what our schedule is going to be at the moment. By rights, we should be doing a big finish next, shouldn't we? Yes. Um, but I've got a feeling we, we might be dropping in a commentary in between if all goes to plan, actually. So we're not entirely sure where, where we're going to be um, with timings at the moment, do we? No. No. So um, we, we'll figure that out. We'll figure out what, what's, um, what, we're, what we're going to be doing. Um Really, we haven't really decided on what big finish we're going to do yet, and we haven't decided on what we're going to do for a commentary either. Though we, 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 we have some to ideas. See what we thought of fear, whether we was going to continue or not. But <laughs> <laughs> we still had the heart to go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, we shall see. We shall see. But that—that's what's coming in, in the next um, next uh, couple of episodes, anyway. So, but we're just not sure what order it's going to be in at the moment. So we'll. Uh... There, there is only one good feeling at the moment about this: is hey, now we've done fear. It's done. It's done, and, and we've only B, got two and... more episodes to do of this series. So. And, and B, I think we've done both versions we can do of the twin dilemma. Yes, <laughs> as in either the target book and a commentary. So yes, we, so we, so we, we, can't we, do need, we don't need to go near either of those episodes anymore. There is a worse one, Paul. If we're, if we're going to do Sixth Doctor, there is a worse one. We might do it. Yeah. We might <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, dear. So um, we'll announce what we're going to do on our Facebook page anyway and on, on our Twitter feed once we've sort of yeah. made up our minds what we're, what we're going to do and what order we're going to do it as well. So Yes. Okay. Right, everybody. So um, shall we wrap this up then, Paul? Yes. Ah, oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Right, okay, everybody. So until next time, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's He?